Welcome to Protecting Your Assets, the show about protecting people, property, and most importantly, protecting your ass. I'm your host, Lucky Luciano, and I'd like you to join me for a fast-paced and often fiery discussion about security issues with my co-host, Brian the Angry Man Claimer. Whether we're piercing the veil of security, talking your duty of care, or raving about the latest technology, we'll share our thoughts on the issues, the trends that are impacting security today and into the future. So grab a coffee and join us for our latest podcast. And don't forget to like and follow us on our sponsor's website, brianclayman.com. And now let's talk about protecting your assets. Hello and Happy New Year from uh, Lucky Luciano Cedroni, the host of Protecting Your Assets. Welcome to 2021 and with me as always is my uh, co-host Brian, the Angry Man Clayman. Uh, no shortage of uh, things that have been going on since we last uh, we last did a podcast in, uh, in what seems like an eternity now of 2020. But lots of things going on in the world, Brian. Uh, we talk about uh, COVID obviously still on everyone's radar. We've got the development of the vaccines which are starting to be rolled out. Um, we've got the turnover of the U.S. presidential uh, presidency to uh, to Biden, which still should be interesting. The economics, uh, Brexit just left. Uh, that's official as of midnight on uh, 2021. I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Happy New Year again to yourself. I know we've talked already, but it's a new year, new time, new op- new opportunities. Hopefully, an exciting 2021 for us both. And any opening comments uh, and get into sort of what keeps you up at night. Well, happy new year to you, Luke, and to our our, our uh, listeners. Uh, twenty twenty is behind us. Uh, hopefully, or this will be a better twenty twenty one. In fact, I listened to Mayor Tory, John Tory, the Mayor of Toronto's uh, annual year end comments uh, yesterday, and uh, he was saying that he hopes that twenty twenty one will be better than twenty twenty. And the interview host said, well, you set the bar really low. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to go much higher to be better. It was what a disastrous year, which continues linger on. But, you know, what's on my mind? What's keeping me up at night? Well, I'll start off with uh, our favorite topic or my favorite topic, which is uh, President Doofus oh, boy. In, in, the, in the United States. It's just amazing how he and his cronies continue to pull off the biggest attack on American democracy in the history of the United States. He and his cronies have done a better job to destabilize American democracy than the Iranians, than the North Koreans, than the Russians, all put together, than any uh, adversary of the U.S. I have made the mistake, it's probably not good for my health, to follow the president on Twitter. (laughs) And just this morning, to give you an example of the the lack of sophistication and maturity of this man. This is what he tweeted. He says from Donald J. Trump, something how Dr. Fauci is revered by the lamestream media as such a great professional, having done, they say, such an incredible job. Yet he works for me, the Trump administration, and I am in no way given any credit for the work he's done. Gee, uh, just another example of the fake news. Really? I mean, my six-year-old nephew talks like that. This is the president of the U.S. Yeah. And let's play that out a little bit, okay? You've got the U.S. has the highest rates of death and infection in the world, or amongst anyways, Mm -hmm. especially for a developed country, a so-called sophisticated country. They are completely falling apart. The 20 million, I think it was 20 million target of vaccinations by the end of the year, they hit 2 million. 
what I what I'm reading is that there's millions of doses that are stuck in uh, uh, warehouses because the logistics hasn't been figured out. And this man is golfing 300 plus times over four years. That's almost a year of his presidency of his uh, four year presidency golfing. Yep. And what he's worried about is to protect American freedom and democracy by the voters are wrong, the courts are wrong, the Supreme Court is wrong, the Attorney General's office is wrong, only he is right, and not one word about the pandemic. And when he does talk about the vaccine kerfuffle, it's not our fault, it's the states that are responsible. Really? God, you know how we make America great again? By recognize the electorate, the vote, the certification by the College of Electorate, the rulings of the lower courts, the, 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 the higher courts, and the Supreme Court of the United States, and get rid of that crew. Ted, Ted Cruz, another moron, yeah. uh, tweeted that people should uh, take a chill pill and don't worry about sedition. Really? I wonder where these guys are coming from. I mean, you, really what's happening, if you think of it, the system is working, okay? You've got the electorate have decided who they want to, to be their president. You've got the college, of, electoral college certifying the vote. You have allegations of wrongdoing. So you've got the courts are weighing in and they're saying there's no allegations of wrongdoing. You've got the president calling for a, uh, uh, a special prosecutor, but his own attorney general is saying that there's no evidence to support that. His, his stacked Supreme Court is saying there's no evidence of wrongdoing. Yeah. That doesn't keep me up at night. That's getting me to walk towards the roof of my one-story <laughs> house and contemplate jumping. It's just incredible. i got to take a breath now, so maybe you can calm it. But you should I take a just, drink. I just, so, and i got to say one more thing. I'm not finished about what keeps you up at night on this segment. You know, COVID, and we still have these people going around uh, uh, protesting, wearing masks, and quarantining and all this type of thing. All I'm going to say in the next 10 seconds, because I'll say a lot over the next hour perhaps, is that COVID was not SARS. COVID is not the bubonic plague. COVID and what we're living was largely preventable. It need not have come to this. If we were less focused about our liberties of wearing a mask and breathing in our contaminated air, Take a bloody breath mint if you're worried about your bad breath type thing. And if we did the three things, wear a mask, uh, socially distance, uh, wash our hands, we wouldn't be locked down right now. We have this thing under control. We've done this to ourselves. I'm going to pause and take a breath. Well, now you're just going to get angrier because I'm well, going to tell you. Oh, don't watch it, buddy. It's in the year. I'm giving you a chance. You're starting fresh. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to focus on 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 your buddy Trump. But all I can say is everybody knows that ninety percent of the world's business decisions are made on the golf course. So don't hold it against him. Right? He's doing policy on those golf games. Oh my god! Uh, but when it comes to COVID, we have a, we definitely have a fundamental disagreement on how it's been handled and managed. I agree that it's a simple fix, but we didn't know that it was a simple fix till well into the pandemic. For one. The messaging is, I think we've, we've agreed has been a disaster, um, and has only gotten worse instead of better. And, and the latest political nightmare that, that not just, uh, Doug Ford has, has to deal with, but everyone across the country now, it's becoming more and more clear that 
these idiots, because they are just freaking idiots, arrogant idiots, who choose to tell you how to stay safe and then go off and gallivant across the world wherever the hell they want. What's that telling the population, right? And if it worked the way you're suggesting it worked, that, yeah, we just have to put on our our gloves, we got to put on our masks. Well, okay, I I agree with you that that's all. But even countries where they've done that, countries like France, I've spoken to my my aunt just the other day, and she lives in Lyon, right? Big center in, in France. They have curfew. They've had curfews for months, not just days or weeks. We don't even have that here. They're even more locked down, and they still are seeing spikes and rises in the numbers of cases. But so it's Fred, not just a fact. I'm talking, so stand yes, attention go ahead. listen and learn. Okay. <laughs> Friends, it was reported in the media that they just charged a whole bunch of people because they had this New Year's Eve rave with the 10,000 or 5,000 or 2,000 yep. lunatics at a party. I mean, you have to be consistent. It's like you know, the little Dutch boy with the hole in the dike and there's a hole in the dike and water is uh, coming out of the dike, the dam, and he puts his finger in it yeah. and then there's another and another and another. you got to plug it. And when you've got too many holes, you, you know, in the dam and water is leaking out, then it doesn't, it, it negates everything, uh, You all the good with yeah. the lockdown. The lockdown isn't a solution. A lockdown is really just a reboot. That's all it is. And then you come out of lockdown but if you're going to go back to the same behavior, you're going to be in lockdown forever. All and, right. And, and I'm going to let you talk for a second because I had an amazing thing to say and it just escaped me. <laughs> the point is when you're asking the people to do certain things, you're always going to have the idiots. Yeah, we've got idiots here who are holding parties and, and get togethers as well. But when you're the majority of people have followed the direction. I and know. Was, and in the you're spring. Right. You're right. right. So. But so when, we all have to, because it just takes a few idiots to ruin it for everyone. I agree, but when you have when you've asked the population to follow those directions, and they did so in the spring, because uh, you saw the numbers come down and all the rest of it, and that's <laughs> arguable too, with all those stats, because that's uh, they can tell you what you want them to say. But the point is, they had the people's faith, they had the people's trust. Yeah, and they've and, lost it. And they've lost yeah. it. And oh. for you to sit there now as a governor, like. Are you serious? You're going to you're going to tell me I got to listen to what's his face? Freaking the, the minister of finance there who got caught with his pants down. If he didn't resign, they make it sound like he did us a favor by resigning. Are you kidding uh, me? He should have no. been fired. Well, yeah, yeah, he should no, have been I, fired. Well, I don't think he was planning to resign because when you saw his uh, uh, impromptu press conference at the airport. Yeah, he said there's a lot of work to be done. And, yep. we, you know, and I screwed up. And so he was planning to go on. I think Doug Ford basically said, my friend. Either I fire you or you resign. So I think that's what that's about. And but he at should least have he, been fired. Okay, but at least he resigned. Okay. No. If you look at Kinney and Albert, but here's the thing. Listen, I want to tell you something. <laughs> I'm not going to defend them for a second. I, I agree 100% with you. All it does is it skews the message. When you've got, like, I live in a small little town, and we've got our small restaurateurs and shop owners that are on the verge of bankruptcy if they haven't gone bankrupt yet. The friggin' optics of the finance minister. It just stinks. It just doesn't look right. They have to hold themselves to a higher standard. But you know what? It doesn't change anything. Because you and I, you know what we should do when this is over? Let's get shit-faced. Let's get our friends together and drink, you know, uh, each of us a bottle of whiskey and rum. And let's go driving. I don't need to know. You, you know and just because some celebrity hockey player did it, doesn't mean I'm going to do it. Well, I know the difference between right but, and wrong. So 
let's not get hung up on the fact that there's politicians in the world. News, news release. Politicians are not perfect, and many of them are a bit morally. But the fact that this becomes the focus of the argument is wasted energy, and I think it's dangerous. No, so you'll I, have to change your ways, or you're not my no, friend anymore. I, I disagree 100%. These are not actors, they're not movie stars, and they're not sports figures who gives a crap about those people. These are your elected leaders. These are the guys telling you how to live your life and have ruined millions of Canadians' lives, absorbed their savings, gone out the window, pensions are done, they've cancelled weddings, they've cancelled restaurants, they've cancelled trips that they can't afford to cancel. They've done that based yep. on leadership of those politicians yes. who now turn around and have the balls and the arrogance to just say, well, you know, basically F you, I'm more special than you. I've got different sets of rules that apply to me and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. That's disgusting. And if you don't think that that has an impact on the people of this country, then I think you're underestimating the intelligence of these people or the people here are truly stupid because that to me is a colossal middle finger to the Canadian population. It is. It is. And you know what? I agree with you. They should be fired. They have violated their oath and they have violated their trust. But it doesn't change one iota. So, like, if instead of going to the Caribbean, he was playing chicken, jumping off the roof of moving trains via trains. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it because I know it's wrong. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it's a false argument. All the time that we spend talking about these morons, they should be fired and they shouldn't be reelected. And they shouldn't be supported by the premiers, okay? I agree. But all the time we talk about that, that becomes a justification for the negative behaviors that are getting us deeper and deeper into this pandemic. And that's all I'm saying. It's wrong, but I wouldn't expect any more. I think that we are not, you know, I was telling this to my, my daughter and my son. I said, we're not a bunch of apes in the jungle. And, you know, the apes can't control themselves and they can't control their urges. And the ape has to go to the bathroom. And he doesn't care who's watching. He goes to the bathroom. And the ape decides it's time to, or the chimpanzee to procreate. And it procreates. We're not apes. We're not chimpanzees. We know the difference from right and wrong. And I think any sane thinking person realizes what they did was wrong. But I'm not going to let that become the story. It doesn't change the fact, the communication piece, that guidance, wash your hands, and wear a mask, that gets lost in all that other noise. It, it that's gets, my only point. So I will agree with you that it gets lost. And that's the problem because the other end of that argument is this, in my opinion. It's not the fact that when people are losing their homes yeah. and can't go to work and are canceling what little money they may have spent on that once-in-a-lifetime vacation because you're telling them to cancel that. And then you go do some shit like that, Okay. These people, they're not asking to go to St. Bart's for two weeks. They're asking to go to work so they can buy food for their freaking family. Yeah. And you're telling them they can't do that. But you're okay to get on a freaking plane and but go on a holiday for two weeks. But, but look, I agree with you. Uh, so let's play this out, okay? So I agree. We're asking people to take sacrifice, make sacrifice. And many of our fellow citizens have and have been hurt in a real serious way. That's a fact. We're in agreement, okay? And then we've got these politicians and probably a lot more than have surfaced. And I think yep. we're going to see more of it surfacing in the next little while. Have done stupid things, okay? Completely unsensitive, uh, disconnected from the messaging that's trying to go out there. Okay, and I and that's another agreement, you and I. So I guess the question is, how do we move this forward? You say they should be fired. Okay, I'll agree. I'll check off on that. He resigned. You're saying he should have been fired. 
I don't have a problem with that. I think he should have been fired. I, I'm okay with the resignation, but I, I do agree. Based on your logic, I think he should have been fired. So we've now agreed on three points. What else is there to talk about? Let's. All I'm saying is I think, though, we're in agreement. I think most of us are in agreement it was wrong. But let's move on then and get back to putting out this fire. Talking about it isn't going to put out the fire. They're just knobs. They are knobs, but how do you move forward? Well, we go back to we had a conversation on a previous podcast about the lack of leadership. Where are you going to find ethical, trustworthy, character-type people who are going to be able to lead and reestablish that credibility with the population? Because the idiots who are there now can't do it. Okay, None of the leaders that are in place right now, I have any confidence in. And that goes for either side of the spectrum because I'm, I'm a conservative by nature, but I voted liberal in the past. I was dumb too at one point, and I've <laughs> seen the light since then. But there's just no credible leadership in this country. You listen to that freaking donkey of a prime minister. Every time he talks, it's like he's putting on a show, right? It's like he's acting. He's not leading. He sits out there and he tries to empathize with people he, he can't empathize with because he doesn't know what that life is like. He's, he's come from a privileged past, and they can't connect with the regular Canadian anymore. Okay, so let's take it then. Let's move forward. I agree with what you said. Failure is not an option. We don't trust any of the leaders. We can't fail. We're still in the middle of this battle. So what do we do? I mean, we either uh, hope the leaders learn and change, or what do we do? Do we do we do a, a coup? Or, or do we maybe realize that there's a failure of leadership, like I believe there is in the United States, and then I think and the Americans have done that largely, I think, since November. They've just put Trump on, uh, on a ped- not pedestal. They've put him off to the side, yeah. and they're listening to Fauci, and they're listening to uh, uh, the medical community. Yeah. They're trying to fix this situation because you can't put up your hands and say, well, because Trudeau and Ford and these guys are idiots and uh, uh, these premiers are idiots, we're doomed. That's not an option. we got to survive this But thing. that's what they're doing, too. I know. Like, but what even do the do? Do- you, you listen to the doctors, and they, they basically say, well, we're just giving them the facts, and, and the politicians make the decisions. The politicians get up there and say, well, we're just following the medical device. Like, they don't even want to take accountability amongst themselves. Right? Well, okay, but what do we do? You know, like, if you're in the military, or, or G20, you and I were in that battle, the G20, yeah. and we didn't really plan for, at Bay and King, the mob to take over and burn uh, three police cars and hold that intersection hostage because we believe there was going to be sufficient resources there so that wouldn't happen. But it happened. Uh, what do we do? What you do in emergency management is we improvise. We said, okay, plan A failed, plan B failed. Okay, let's put together plan C. Let, let, let's rethink this on the fly. This is the same thing. This war is still going on. So if we've got politicians that are going on vacation, we got leaders that are screwing us around. What do we do? I know what I do. At some point, it's every man for himself, you know. Yeah. And if it comes to that, I know that I'm not going to go to a hockey game. I'm not going to my friend's house. I'm going to do what I have to do to keep my family safe if it comes down to that. So, you know, I guess the question is, that, and that's my, the whole point I'm trying to make, is there's enough uh, stupid mistakes that we could focus on and probably do a lot of podcasts on. How do we move this thing forward? And get out of this mess. I don't have an easy answer. I don't pretend to have an easy answer. But I think the danger is exactly what you just said, that it becomes every man for himself. And that's what we're seeing. People are doing what they want, when they want. I walked around my neighborhood, you know, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. People are having parties. Like, they've lost the confidence and they're taking their own 
sort of uh, approach to how they're going to protect themselves, right or wrong. That's what's happened. We got someone has to emerge from this shit show and yeah. and 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 reestablish credibility with the people. I don't know how it's going to happen. Who look at look at Hilliard, the big general, right? He was going to come in and he was going to he was going to oversee the 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 efficient rollout of the COVID vaccines to. To all of Ontarians, and what does he do? He takes the Monday off because, hey, <laughs> my guys don't work on a Monday. Like, what does that tell people? It's that dire of a situation. Oh, I don't work Monday, so we put a pause on the operation, and now he's looking like a fool. I don't know what the answer is, but there's no, there's nobody right now that I can see that I that I have confidence in. I, I, I'm going to be really controversial now, but when you walked around and you saw in your neighborhood all these parties, I, I trust you called the police or you called oh, yeah. by law. Okay, then that let me ask the first you, thing I did. <laughs> okay, but I, I'm going to make a point, okay? Because a lot of people, and I, I've seen in our town, there's a, uh, uh, on Facebook, there's a town page where everyone's talking and chatting. Yeah. And people are saying, I'm not going to be a rat, and I'm not going to do this. So I would just throw the question another way. You see your neighbor stagger into his car, clearly drunk or impaired, and turns the motor. Are you going to call the police? Because that guy can kill one person or two yeah. people. That party can kill hundreds of people or thousands. Yeah. So what's yeah. the difference? The difference is that there's no clear direction on what we direction. should be doing. No, there isn't. Sure, there there isn't. You, just, you just don't want to listen to it. Because we no. And actually, the law is very clear now. The law is that you can't have more than 10 people. So if you see 20 cars outside of a house, you could be wrong. But that might be, we call that in policing a clue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not sure Burgess uh, trained you and he also passed you, so I'm not sure <laughs> if you remember all that stuff. <laughs> we call that a clue, so yeah. maybe let someone investigate it. You know, if you don't want to call the authorities, and I can understand why, maybe knock on the door yourself. See, the point is, you don't get a pass. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. You can't look the other way oh. because your actions are going to ca cause my parents or my loved ones to be impacted adversely. Uh, you can use that same argument for, the, again, going back to our government, the leaders who are supposed to be enforcing those actions. They go to those parties even when they get called and they're not laying charges. So I, what's the point? Well, the point is I'm not going to vote for them again. There will be <laughs> right. a consequence. So I'm not going to alienate myself from the people I have to live with on a day-to-day -day basis oh. because the government's going to show up and not do anything? That's well, no, not well, realistic. They, well, they will do something. Uh, I don't know if the courts are going to sure, do anything. Sure, but. sure. They're going to throw everybody in jail is what they're saying now for six months, and that, that's going to oh, go over well. Wow, they're going to throw man. over 30, 40 people in jail? I'm going to have to look at your contract to see if there's a morals clause. And we... <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I understand yeah. But, but that's the issue. You, you know, it's really interesting. You and I have really, I think we're we're going in the same direction, but we're really very passionate on opposite sides of the fence. And I and I and I really have a lot of respect for you and your judgment. And, and I think that's what makes this so difficult. It's almost like the U.S. Civil War. You know, we're brother fighting brother type thing. Like this is what this disease has done to us. And you're right. I think it comes back to there has been an absence of leadership and consistency. And you could look, just look at the U.S. actually. They've abdicated completely. We haven't abdicated completely, but we really haven't gotten our shit together. We're not better. Yeah, we're no, we're not, we're no better. And, and there's an old, uh, what's the adage uh, when it comes to politics? If your laws aren't being respected by yeah. the population, then you've got a problem either with your leadership or the people making the laws. Because clearly if the population isn't supporting what you're telling them to do, there's a serious problem. And that's where we're at right now. Well, you're right, because the difference between a democracy and a totalitarian state is exactly. in Human Square, the Chinese could say, leave, and you said no, and they ran over you with the yeah. tank. And then the next person left because they right. didn't want to get run over. 
we can't do this. I mean, no matter what the law is, you know, you cannot, and police leaders will often tell you, you can't arrest yourself out of a problem. So the authority in a democracy, as you know, and the authority of the police is based on the respect of the community. You know, Sir Robert yeah. Peel, people are the, uh, the police are the people, the people are the police. If we lose that, then we're no longer democracy. And that's sort of the challenge leaders have, you know, when people say, well, why don't they enforce the law? Well, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know why. When there's a G20, they had no trouble uh, putting 10,000 policemen on the street and arresting 3,000 people and, and doing what they did, but now they can't do it. That's a whole other question. The point is, you know, the kamikaze pilots of World War II and the Islamic terrorists more recently. In the old days, a policeman would point a gun at you or a soldier would point a gun at you and say, stop or I shoot, you would shoot, you would stop. Nowadays, the kamikaze pilots, nowadays with ISIS, they smile because you're going to kill me and I'm going to see uh, 20 virgins or yeah. whatever they mm -hmm. believe. Okay. Yeah. My point being is that when people stop following the rules, you have anarchy and de democracy fails. Yeah. And that's what's so dangerous. And, you know, again, going back to my friend, the uh, president of the United States, when you have the virus and you have the things that happen south of the border and you have not just south of the border, you look at the, extre the extremism that's happening around the world. You've got countries like Hungary, which is going back towards totalitarianism and communism in yeah. Poland. And so the eastern states, you know, Trumpism is a movement which is happening at the same time that nature is revolting against us. We, this is a moment of truth yeah. because if we fail this moment of truth, the freedoms and democracy and, and, and the life that we love, may not look the same when this is over. It's important point in history, absolutely. And on that, we definitely agree. <laughs> and, you know, the you talk about totalitarianism and, and we, we don't want to equate, I'm not going to equate Canada with those countries, but when you, and, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but you've got to really start asking yourself, when the government is asking people to call and report on their own neighbors, their own families, where where are we going? Like, what is the end game look like? Because to me, that's scary. If I go to my neighbor's house and I can't have a beer with the comfort of knowing that what's said between the two of us is is going to stay between the two of us, that to me is we're going towards that, that ugly end that you were talking about with those other countries. Whether you call it totalitarianism or democracy, if the end game is a, a society where people are reporting on each other and you can't have trust in people, that's an ugly, that's a society uh, I, I don't want to be part of. I, I disagree with what, uh, I agreed with you until you said that part. There's a social contract, and if you're aware of someone that is violating the social contract, you have an obligation uh, to uh, you, you have an obligation as a member of society to do something about it. If you know that your neighbor who you're having a beer with just robbed the bank or is a child molester, you're not a rat. That's part of the social contract. They violated the social contract, not yep. the society, not you. They did it. So, so I, I know that's not the point you're trying to make. But that example rubs me the wrong way because that means that anyone that does the right thing and calls out people that are wrong is uh, going to uh, le it leads to a breakdown of uh, of the democracy we love and it's like a dictatorship or a totalitarian state. No, it isn't. What I'm, if you're dealing talk about the social contract, it's not the same. If the state is saying, "I want to know if Luciano has a new car because we want to check to see if he paid tax on that," yeah, that's different. That's, you know, that, that's not the type of society I want to live in. But I want to know that if you're having dinner with so-and-so that he, and you know, he's a child molester, he's not going to be your friend 
or you're going to do something to get him the help he needs or the help that we need. Yeah. And, and, and to say to do anything else, I'm not a rat. And I know that's not what you said, but that's how you know it could come across, and, and that's what concerns me. But that's the area. I think that's where that's the gray area we're in right now, and we can go either way depending on how things develop. Like I said earlier, the people have lost their faith in the government, and for you now to to, to add on to that, to layer onto that uh, a reporting component, it feeds into all these conspiracy freaking whack jobs that are out there saying, you know, there's a bigger picture at play here. They're going to control us. They're going to do all this type of stuff. All those things lead down that conversation, supports those idiots coming forward and more people believing that kind of stuff. That's all I'm saying. If if you have to require, if you have to ask people to act like that, to me, I, that's a, that's a, so, that's a flag. So, so, you know, there was a tragic um, uh, event December 31st in the city of Calgary with the police officer yep. tragically murdered and, and, uh, such a sad story on so many levels, but the Calgary police have been tweeting and people have been tweeting asking the community yep. to call them if they have information. Yep. That's exactly what we're talking about, because under the social contract, that's what you have to do. And it means sometimes turning in people that you don't want to turn them in. But what's your responsibility? You know, is it to the society at large or is it to the self-interest of protecting the president of the U.S.? Or the prime minister candidate, or the politician that might be on the take. I'm oh, sorry. Go on. I, I think you're. I think you're simplifying it a little too much because it's one Lowest thing. Lowest denominator. The guy. The guy's killed somebody. We want to find him. Okay, you find him. The guy's a child molester. You find out he's a child molester. You report him. But that's not what we're dealing with with COVID. Yes, it is. There's there's no clarity here. Yes, the there is clarity. The direction there's, from there's government has been... There's almost people have died in the U.S. The direction from government has been confusing. It continues to be confusing. No. There's different parameters in place in different cities. What's right? confusing? And, well, and what's... You go back, it goes back to what we started the conversation with. If you want me to report on this guy because he hasn't because he went to work when he shouldn't have gone to work, Meanwhile, you're fucking going off to the holidays. So, I'm sorry, that's not a, that's not an equal freaking thing. That's not the so, same thing. Uh, yes, it is the same thing because just because the president doesn't pay his tax or just because the premier does something wrong, okay, doesn't mean that you have license to do something wrong. It means that they're wrong. But if you use that as justification not to do your civic duty, you're even wronger. Is that a right word? Wronger. You're wrong. Wronger. You're the wrongest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Anyways, maybe we. Should, I think we can go out all day because we're both yes. getting really hot on this one. Yes, but but maybe we should move on to uh, uh, the topic. The, the topic, <laughs> which is related to it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where are we? Let me just look at my notes okay. here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Oh, managing the COVID COVID chaos. That's where, where yeah, we were the going. COVID chaos in the podcast. Okay. Well, I don't think the conversation is going to get any better because my first question was, how have we managed the crisis so far? <laughs> um, and with the new developments, you know, we're going to have some new questions, specifically talking about the vaccines. You know, how safe are they? How well, do we go, roll them out? How do we secure to, it? Let's go back to the first question. Though. Sure. How have we managed it so far? Yep. And I'm and, and I'm going to agree with you. Not as well as we should have. Okay, so I've answered the first question. We haven't answered it so far. Uh, 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 sorry, we haven't uh, handled managed, it well so, yeah. managed, uh, well so far. So, as business leaders, okay, given the fact that you know our restaurants and businesses may be shut down, if we operate in the financial district, everyone's working from home. That creates all sorts of challenges. So, what do we do next? I mean, what what I would do as a business leader 
is I would say, okay, I've educated myself. I'm not getting real clarity from government. I've looked at what uh, uh, Health Canada says, CDC says. I've looked at all different sources. What I would do is, based on the information which I believe is from credible sources, I would then plot a course from my company, from my organization of what we do in terms of who works from home, who comes in, do people take vaccinations. I mean, the fact that others have abdicated, as a business leader, I can't. Right. You know, I still got to because if I abdicate as well, then my business won't be here. Or I'll let my, the people under my charge down. Would you not agree? Yep. Because on we that we done, agreed. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done a good job. I agree with that. But that doesn't mean that we all then stop with the things we're responsible for. Yeah. I mean, we're, cont- and, and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. This is a progression. It's going to take months. I mean, I think when we were talking earlier, I think it's going to be probably the fall. Of, of this year before we start to see normalcy, whatever that looks like, come back in, into into the everyday life. Um, but, you know, you talk to, to some of the businesses, certainly the banks aren't looking at going back to work at any time soon. And what what does what does that look like? You know, the business has to think about what that's going to look like when that day comes. Uh, scaled down uh, resources, still working from home. Um, what they call or the hot bedding or hot desking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hot know, desking. Like, the all these new ty- yeah, all these new types of concepts and theories now that have to come into play that weren't being seriously looked at before COVID hit yeah. because there was no question about coming into work. Everyone had to come into work. That was just a given. Well, now that might not be the, the automatic answer. So as a business owner, you should be thinking about that now. I'm sure they, they have. If they haven't, they're, they're really behind the eight ball. Behind, yeah, I saw a great uh, mime on uh, Twitter the other day. It showed two pictures. It showed uh, a lineup at the airport. Uh, I think it was some Canadian airport, and everyone was spaced like six to ten feet apart. And then the next picture says 30 minutes later, it shows people in the plane sitting, you know, so, uh, every <laughs> single seat yeah. occupied. So I, I think businesses have to think about that also because – I know, uh, having come from commercial real estate, you know, at, uh, you know, uh, 100 $200, $300 a square foot of downtown prime office space, it's very valuable. And typically, the model has been to pack people in. Yep. And now they're going to have to reconfigure the office layout. And I would tell you, if I ran a business which had a lot of people working out of some office location, one of the things I'd be doing right now before everyone is back at work, I'd be trying to get the best available information of, what is the best practice for spacing the office? Like we talk with architects and design companies, how we reconfigure the office space. If I was a property management company, a building owner, I'd be looking at what does new development look like? And what do I do with existing development where you've got bottlenecks and elevators, mm-hmm. where you've got standard, you know, people, everyone starts at nine o'clock in the morning. Everyone goes for lunch at 11 o'clock. I hope those discussions are happening. And I do know with major corporations that are underway, I'm concerned about smaller operators, yeah. people that operate retail or restaurants or small little offices. I don't know that they are underway and they should be because when they get the chance to reopen, they're only going to stay. We're going to be locked down for the rest of our life unless we get a handle on this thing. So once we reopen, it's not that ding dong, the witch is dead. The witch is still around. We're still going to have to practice the guidance and we're going to have to make sure that our spaces are well thought up. And, I, and I'll just say one more thing about that. It's been my experience, unofficial, unscientific experience, that small business owners, uh, the mom of pops, as they call them, tend to have done a better job yep. than most anyone else because they know what's on the line. 
I mean, exactly. I'm so disappointed that they're all shut down, but Walmart's and Costco is still open because all my local stores that I went into, they got it. Yep. They, you were lined up outside because they had three maximum. And if you got too close and weren't wearing a mask, they were on top of you. I think that was a big failure of how they handled the, the current set of lockdowns. And, uh, but so, yeah. I, you know, I would urge our clients and anyone listening to this that runs a business to start thinking about that because I'll tell you, most people don't run a business or are employed by a business. Well, I don't want my wife going to work if her employer hasn't thought about her safety and because of this disease, by default, my safety. Because what happens at the workplace comes back into the house. So yep. they better be thinking about this and getting it right. And don't rely on Doug Ford to help you. And I'm not disparaging Doug Ford, but you've got to take this upon yourself to understand what the standard is and, and re-engineer your business support appropriately. Yeah, that, and now you're getting me back into that other mindset again. With the free use argument. Be, hey, I'm it, the angry guy. You're the happy guy. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you just sort of – that's exactly my point. These the smaller shops have done a great job in yeah. in what I've seen, what I've experienced. I've been to the uh, dentist. They've done an exceptional job of securing yeah. the rooms. You can't use it after I go in for a certain amount of time. They spray it all down. They're double gown. They got the face mask. They got all kinds of crap on there. Uh, you go to the bakery store. I go to the bakery store. Same thing. Everything's behind the counter. You can't touch anything. You just point at what you want. They 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 bag it. They give it to you. They they you know they've got great control uh, procedures in place. In place. Yeah. Then I go to Walmart. I go to Costco. It's a freaking free for all, right? And then that's that's where I lose all. That's where I think they lose all their legitimacy with with the public because the, most of the people who are out there trying to do a good job, and then what happens? They get locked down. Well, why am I getting locked down? I'm the one doing the right job, right? And, and meanwhile, Walmart's wide open. 900 and, people. And just, human, and just human nature, you know, the small guy is owner-operator, operated, and yep. the owner is there. Costco is a corporate conglomerate, okay? The owner is somewhere in Arkansas, or no, that's Walmart. And, that's and, 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 yeah, yeah. And he or she doesn't really care. You, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know me. My local bakery knows me. He's friends. I've been, I've lived in this town for 25 years. He cares about me and I care about him. So I couldn't agree, uh, couldn't agree with you more. I think it was the biggest mistake. And I tell you, I am not, nothing close to conspiracy theorists, but the actions of shutting down the small guy and watching him die, where, whereby these big conglomerates like Walmart and Costco continue to rake in more money in Amazon yeah. than ever before. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. But if I was, oh, my God, are we playing into that? Yeah, exactly. You know, someone's getting paid off. They got no trouble shutting down the small guy. But you've got Costco with 3,000 people in there or 300 people in there. It just doesn't look good. And, you know, to bring it back to the podcast and bring it back to what we do as security professionals, the communication strategy is important because I'll tell you, optics are everything. They truly are everything. You could be the most honest person in the world. But if I think you're morally bankrupt and corrupt, the perception becomes a reality. And that's where the communication has been lost on this thing. It, it, the optics of what these ministers, cabinet ministers have done on vacation, the optics of closing down certain segments and not other segments, the optics of nailing a church because people are going to church or synagogue uh, for the holidays, yet you've got an anti-mask rally Right. And, uh, with 3,000 people, oh, we can't touch them. I mean, yeah. listen, I you shouldn't be going to church, I believe. You know, But the <laughs> point is, 
how can I say you can't go to church, but you can do the, the, the riot? Like my son Danny says, what we should do is the churches should basically do it as a riot in the parking lot, and everyone have a placard, and then it's legal because the police won't touch them. It is ridiculous. They've just consistently been inconsistent and screwed a very simple message. On that, you, we agree. I, well, I'm going to replay and re-edit the first no, part because now you're walking right into my trap. <laughs> no, we, we do. We do. But, but the point I was trying to make, and maybe I didn't do it properly, but so what? It doesn't matter. That well, virus said, is still out said, there trying to kill us. It is. But you just said it yourself. Perception is everything. So it when, is. when you are out there making light of it, which is what these guys are basically doing when they yes. when they go off, right? Yes. Like John Tory, I'm sorry, I I at one point thought he was at least a decent mayor, but for him to sit there and defend his friend for making a mistake, as he called it, a number of times on the radio, yeah, that okay, wrong. that that's that's a slap in the face to to every listener who's listening to that bullshit because that wasn't a mistake. A mistake is. Uh, oh, you know, I, I was doing 40 in a 30 zone. A, a mistake is not booking your goddamn trip, taking it in the midst of, a, of an epidemic when your government is saying, telling everybody to stay home, and then to have the balls to come back when you're caught with your pants down to say, well, it was all an accident, really? Well, then why did you have tweets going out? Why did yeah. you have postings of you, you call at that home? Uh, yeah, that's, that's not an accident. No, that's I intent. No, I understand. And you know what? It's regrettable that John Tories at the mayor did that. Because I think, you know, I don't agree with a lot. He does everything he does, but I think he's basically an honorable man. But he lost a lot of brownie points. And that's my point, you know. Listen, I'm going to give all these guys like John Tory and Ford and even Trudeau, who I'm not a big, big fan. They're tired. They're, they've been trying their best. You know, I, I'd like to think that there's nothing in it for them. I could be wrong, but they're not lying in their pockets. They're humans. They're making mistakes. I, I So I'm prepared to give them some slack. You're much nicer than I am. Well, but, but you know what? The thing is that you have to, you have to support your leader because we need a leader until it's time to exercise the cancer. But when you do the cancer surgery, if the, you, if you get the tumor out, but the tumor was the heart and the patient's dead, you failed. The surgery has failed. The operation has failed. Point being is I don't think that Tory and Ford are morally corrupt. I think they've made a lot of mistakes. I think we need to salvage them because there's nothing else. Uh, that's in the, the wing. problem. There's nothing well, else. Yeah, but, that, but that's they're the reality. The, they're the best of the worst. That's well, all we've got. You're a general. We're in the middle of a command. We've lost our our, our sergeants and our lieutenants mm -hmm. and captains. You've got to make do with what you've got, and that's our situation. Unless someone could say, "Get rid of him. Let's bring in this guy, and things will be better." Well, then I think we should get rid of him. But we're not there. I don't know about moral corruption, but certainly at the federal level, let's talk about the Wee scandal, SNC Lavalin scandal. You know, at provincially, you talk about the orange and it wasn't of this government, but the gas uh, plants and the, the air. Like there's no shortage of economic disasters that all levels of government have had in this country, certainly in the last decade. You know, whether they're directly morally corrupt, I'm not going to say that. But come on, man, like the, the writing's on the wall for people who want to see. The problem is there's no other options out there. The next guy who gets in there does the same stupid thing. They don't care about public funds. If they gave a crap about public funds, then they'd have proper auditing in place. They'd have proper inspections in place. And they don't. When I go out there and I talk to people, I remember talking to a guy, and I don't want to say what he, what a business he's in because he doesn't need to be targeted unfairly, but a so-called government inspector has to attend his site every time he operates. And that inspection is basically that inspector coming onto site, loading up, opening up his, his laptop, 
making the connection to show that he was on site, and then he gets in his freaking car and he drives off. There's no freaking inspection going on, but he's getting paid his four hours for that five-minute visit. It's a joke. And you find and you hear those stories in so many places across the board, whether it's childcare, power, waste management, construction. They've all got their tendencies to turn the other way and just it's it's a trough for them to get rich. That's what, it's, that's what it is, in my opinion. It's not about pub, looking up for the public interest. You just depressed the hell out of me. <laughs> Maybe I should have stayed out of organized crime. I, I was going to say, <laughs> you're no longer in the organized crime section yeah, of uh, that's that the police organization you work for. <laughs> yeah. no, I know, listen, I was going to bring up on my notes what keeps me up at night, and I know we're, we're going uh, way over, but yeah. I was listening on the Roy Green show yesterday on uh, its radio talk show on the weekend, and he had a, uh, a guest investigative journalist on from the uh, – Globe Mail. Apparently, this guy is a really uh, high-end investigative journalist, and he says, and I'm going to get this wrong, so uh, you know, I don't want to be promoting gossip necessarily. But he talked about this organization called CanSino, which is a uh, consortium of Canadian and Chinese businesses that developed oh, a vaccine. And what he's saying is that uh, uh, basically, uh, Canadian uh, and Five Eyes Intelligence uh, partners and Canadian uh, 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 CSIS and Canadian Intelligence. I've been warning the government this was a siphon of taking out Canadian uh, technology yeah. and stealing it. And uh, what they're saying is his research is saying that this uh, company was a sham that Canada, through the federal government, put billions of dollars in. The National Research Council of Canada was sharing the smartest scientists and, and research material with the Chinese who developed the vaccine, that have been using the vaccine and uh, inoculating their military people since I think they said the summer with uh, using Canadian technology, yet we can't get anything over here that we got hoodwinked. Uh, yeah. let, let, you know, talk about the corruption. And then he also talked, this investigative journalist, and I, I, I should have wrote his name down, about some scandal in British Columbia where the RCMP or, uh, organized crime and casino section is saying that organized crime has infiltrated the BC casino network. Mm -hmm. And they did a risk assessment, went to the government, said they have to expand their capabilities as a police agency. And what they did was they disbanded that uh, that, that RCMP section that was looking, because they were told to focus on illegal casinos, don't worry about government casinos. And he said, <laughs> and again, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but they do it to themselves, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, saying that, why would they uh, disband that organization unless government had their hands in the trough, unless they were worried? So to your point, you're right. I mean, there is a lot that's going on right now, which is not to the detriment of the normal, hardworking people. And I have very little tolerance when our elected leaders. I, you know, I'm okay if they make a mistake. I'm okay if they're not that smart. But when they are morally bankrupt, like those people that went on vacation recently mm -hmm. or if or, or if they're blatantly looking the other way like the allegations are some in our federal government looking at you know how how is it that we were leading in covid vaccine research and we now are behind almost we're even behind the u.s yeah. in inoculations per hundred thousand how could that be yeah. you, you know so you're right there's a lot of anger out there but me personally i keep saying it doesn't really matter how angry i am I got to get through this. I got to get my family through this, and I got to get my friends 
and my partner, my buddy Luciano, through this. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I'd be angry with today. I'll, I'll take you to the back of the woodshed to straighten you out afterwards. I'm not going to let COVID take you or your family out. You know, but, but that's the thing. And, and, and I guess that's my whole message. I think you know, business leaders, family members. I don't really care what the idiots in in government do. I think we're smart enough to know what the right thing is to do. I, I, I believe in guys like Fauci. I believe, I was going to say the CDC, they've been too politicized. I believe in, you know, science. And I'm going to, you know, and I, if I'm wrong, I guess I'll suffer the fate. But we can't wallow in the fact that because of corruption or ineptitude, screw them, I'm going to go to a party. Because my son tells me that's what his friends say. <laughs> that's not going to get us out of this. <laughs> and, and really, that, you know, now that I think of it, that's the essence of my passion. Not that you're wrong. I have so much respect for you. You, you, you know, <laughs> but, no, I do. There's no caveats. Well, maybe there's one, but <laughs> the point is we all have to come through this and there's light at the end of the tunnel. We all have to be here in July of next year. Say, phew. Wow. You know, we'll get the t-shirt. We survived it, but you got to be here to get the t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, well, I got to say that that's what I think makes the, conversation interesting is because you come from a different angle than i do and that's the whole point of this thing is to get yeah. different different points of view and, and different perspectives but at the end of the day uh you know i still think people look to government the government's failed them and that's that's what the problem is um and once people lose their 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 beacon then they're going to start looking elsewhere for their own yeah. solutions yes. and that's the problem uh, that we're that we're, that we have now. Even if even if we do find a great leader, good luck finding people to follow you, getting people to follow you again. That's going to be an uphill battle. Um, and maybe we'll have to wait till the next election to, to to get some sort of justification or or support behind somebody again. Having said that, uh, we did do a lot of talking, uh, not necessarily on business, but as a takeaway, I there's think another touch- podcast. <laughs> we really planned it out well, right out the toilet. <laughs> But I did think we, we did touch on a couple of things. You, you certainly talked about the, what businesses should be doing, regardless of what the hell's going on around them. Um, and I think it all comes back to that duty of care that we've talked about so often in previous previous episodes. Um, you know, you're asking these people to come back into your workplace. You have to have a level of due diligence around what you're doing to keep them safe, what you've done, and what you're going to do to make sure that they've either, you know, if they're taking the vaccination or uh, or they don't want to take the vaccination. You've got to be given some thought around that. And Brian and I certainly aren't legal experts, but you should be looking to to credible resources who, who understand the legalities of, of labor law to, to understand how you're going to get back to the workplace, back to normal, as they like to say. And, and that's probably going to be my guesstimate, probably in the fall at the earliest. But uh, but that's sort of my my summation of this podcast, Brian, is, is that there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> no one knows where the clear answers are. But as a business owner, you're still responsible to keep your people protected. And you've got to be taking some actions now to make sure that they are when uh, when and if that day comes that you get back to the, to the office. Well, you know, and I think it's really going to come back to because I think really when you look at security and risk management, it really comes down to four elements in respect to duty of care. If you get yourself in trouble, you're going to have to, before the court, the trial judge is going to want to understand, did the defendant owe the plaintiff a duty of care? Did the defendants breach that duty of care? Was it reasonably foreseeable that the breach of the duty might cause someone to be injured or suffer a loss? And what was the breach of a duty of care the cause 
of the plaintiff's loss or injury. So I think the message for our listeners and for business owners is that we know that COVID's out there. We know that people are getting hurt both materially and physically by COVID. And it's incumbent on you to make sure that you operate your business with due consideration of duty of care. Foreseeability, I think that part is easy. Yep. We know that there's a high foreseeability that if you are reckless, that people will get sick. So then it comes, and then the, the, the next element, which really is hardest to prove in most cases, but not in COVID, was the breach of a duty of care, the cause of the loss. So if you get COVID and you could show that the workplace has people stacked in like sardines or they're not doing any cleaning, you've now hit on all the four elements necessary. So that's the case law that's going to emerge in the future. That's, you know, the cases that are going to follow this. And they're starting already. They're yep. going to look at these things. And that's really the message for our, our, our listeners and for businesses. You got to take this stuff seriously. You can't wing this like we wing so many things in our day to day life. And you've got to have a plan. You got to look at. So we know the likelihood or foreseeability is high. We know that you have a responsibility not to do anything in the course of your business, which puts people at risk or employees at risk. And really, that's COVID. You yeah. know, so if you choose to operate, if you choose to have those girls and boys work at your drive through at your restaurant, make sure you thought about the exposure they have, because if they start getting sick, you have some explaining to do. It took us an hour to summarize <laughs> what, what, what you just said. And that was the most valuable part of it, because uh, as usual... Mr. Clayman takes uh, does a good job of summarizing our thoughts in in a business relevant way, whereas I just like to go off the cuff more. Um, if you ever well, if we ever get to, to live podcast, then I think they'll get a kick out of watching the two of us interact because I'm always waving my hands and getting very animated. You you lay back in your chair in a thinking manner, trying to figure out how to make sense <laughs> of what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think you, you summarized it well there, Brian. Uh, you know, business owners, you're still accountable. Uh, there's a lot of uh, things uh, that you've got to be thinking about, uh, and you don't want to be on on the front end. You don't want to be on the front page establishing that case law that, that Brian's talking about. That's not always a, a good place to be. So, so with that, I'm going to I'm going to end it off. Uh, we're looking forward to our next podcast, which uh, we might have our second guest. We're working on that. But until then, a happy new year to all our listeners. Again, if uh, if you like us, please uh, share on uh, share our podcast with with your networks. Brian, same thing, everyone. Happy New Year, Luke. It's always fun talking the issues of the day with you, and I really value your uh, opinions, even though more often than not they're wrong. But everyone, have a great week. <laughs> And uh, look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. That concludes this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and will join us in a couple of weeks for our latest episode. Please remember to like and follow us on our sponsor's webpage, brianclayman.com, where you can leave us your comments and suggest topics you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening and don't forget to protect your assets. <laughs> <laughs>